welcome to This is the Good Part, a podcast where we can have some girl time and talk about how to have confidence and influence as women of all ages in our lives, homes, and relationships. Not always easy, and we can feel unqualified, but Jesus just calls us to choose the good part, which is sitting at his feet and learning his ways. I'm Megan. And I'm Steph. And today we're talking about labels and how to overcome them from the book Taylor Made by Pastor Alex Seeley. Also joining us today is our very special guest, Pastor Sunny Hennessy. Welcome to the show. Thank you. You're so welcome. We're so excited. So excited. We were fangirling a little bit. We're like, we get Pastor Sunny on the show. When you're in town, we're like, we have to get her. Oh, that's so great. I like this music. I know, Let's right? keep it going like, the whole time. Let's just do a dance. It's called Something Something Doja. Oh, which, yeah. like the artist, Doja right? Cat. Yeah, I was like, she's very girly. I don't know. I don't really listen to Yeah, We're not condoning music, her. But <laughs> <laughs> if I did, maybe it would be that. I don't know. So like I said, we're talking about labels today. In this book, it, it really tackles identity, which hmm, identity is something that our world just struggles with straight up, Mm -hmm. like straight up struggles with. And of course that's going to bleed over. And and that is how Satan really tries to attack us is by attacking our identity. And so the first four chapters that we're going over tackle labels, what, you know, what do we call ourselves or what are the voices that we hear? What are the words that we put on ourselves? And, you know, before we even get into that, I think the scripture that we should just bring up and kind of meditate on as we're going through is Jeremiah 1 5, which is before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I anointed you as a prophet to the nations. When I read that in the book, I just started crying. Mm. Yep. Like like I had read it before, but it just sat so differently. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Good. So good. So good. So labels, I mean, we wear them and sometimes they define us. Maybe you were always like the smart one or, you know, the pretty one or the ugly one or the black sheep or you're responsible, you're irresponsible, you're stupid. There's so many different Mm -hmm. ones. What have you guys experienced? What were some labels that you had in your life that you kind of took on? Well, it's interesting. Last night we were at the Super Bowl party Mm. and there was a little girl from one of the the couples on our staff and she came up and she had a little sweater over her little dress with little butterfly clips in her hair. And I said, Oh, I love your butterfly clips. And then she put her hand up on her sweater and she started to take it kind of like out to the side, like, and also look at my dress. And I said, Oh, look at your dress. And she just started to kind of swirl her hair. Mm -hmm. And then she started, she was going to like take her sweater off and do a twirl. I said, Oh, look it. She's a twirly girl. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I will I may never write this book, but I'm supposed to, I know, on called Twirly Girl, which is how do we lose our twirly girl? Because I think we're all born with the identity if we're a girl, which we're all girls in here, so I'll talk about that, that we're twirly girls, that right. until life kicked the junk out of us, we were we were probably the little girl. Hopefully it was older than three or four, but it might have even been earlier than that, that something yeah. happened, that we went from oh yeah, look at me and my hair and I light up and I want you to look at me and I feel confident and I feel secure in who I am to, if I would have said that to the other preteen sitting on the couch, you know, they're, they're tending to wear lots of layers of clothes and, and they, they want to like almost, you know, put their hair in a way that doesn't look like they care or try because yeah. the world has said, don't, don't shine. Mm. And so on identity, I think it, it starts as early as Satan can get to us. And, you know, research has shown even in the womb. Wow. So that verse about in the womb, he knew us. And even in the womb, one, one of our friends, Abby had said that, uh, something about she was supposed to be born with a hole in her spine and her mom and dad were told that and she came out fine, but she has struggled with fear and anxiety, fear her whole life until this last fast. And she had just told me that story about fear is like broken, but she's also like more open to the Holy spirit than ever. And then later she told me the story about how she was supposed to, I said, your mom would have been told she's going to be born with a hole in her spine, she might not make it. In utero, fear rushed over you mm. and you've struggled with fear. So wow. Satan's trying from the minute we're knit in yeah. our mother's womb. And so no wonder identity, even as we get older, the struggle just increases. Yeah. And you bring up a really good point of what did we think about ourselves before anyone told us who we are, or who we're supposed to be? Mm-hmm. You were the twirly girl. 
And I think, yeah, all of us girls probably were that twirly girl Mm -hmm. a little bit growing up until unfortunately you hit that like reality check. Right. And it's the first time someone says something at you in school. Mm -hmm. I remember, um, I was actually homeschooled for most of my life, but early on, maybe first grade, I was on the school bus and I was tired. I was an elementary age kid going home, like long day at school, right? And I'm looking out the window and I was singing and this kid in front of me, he turned around and he said, I must've said something about like mom singing my mom's name in the song. He's like, you're talking about your mommy, blah, 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 like making fun of me, right? And I remember this like sense of shame that rushed over me that I think for me, it was that first, that was my first Mm. reality check of like, I couldn't be just who I wanted to be in that moment, just singing out the window, Mm -hmm. looking at the trees go by, Mm -hmm. you know? And we've all, we've all hit something Mm -hmm. like that, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to dial it into just one, but I feel like for me, I struggled with being spoken over with English language, I guess, with Mm -hmm. things being spoken over me negatively since I was really young. Mm. So, but I'm thinking back on it now and I'm thinking about how I twisted things, things that were meant to be positive that were spoken over me and I twisted them into something negative. Like I was sweet and shy but mm. in as I grew, that turned into meek and mm. not confident wow. and unable to speak what I really wanted to say because I was supposed to be sweet wow. and shy. Mm. Wow. The, the phrase that reigns king in your life is how I, I think of it. Like it was a, it was a disservice to be lazy mm. or relaxed. Mm-hmm growing up in my family. I was called a city slicker by my uncle by marriage. He's not even in our family anymore. He called me a city slicker at like age eight because he said, come on city slicker because I wasn't going fast enough on the horse. Mm. Well, prior to that, I'd been a horse slipped with me. We both fell skinned up the same side of our faces Mm. and I was afraid on a horse. And so he's wanting me to climb literally like a climb a cliff with this horse at eight years old. And he calls me a city slicker. And did you know that until age about 38, 39 Mm. to me, the worst thing you could be is a city slicker, which equated lazy, which equated slow or just those city folk that don't know how to work. So it turned me into a workaholic, which affected my marriage, how I was a mother because of an uncle that's really, it was insignificant. And he didn't ever call me lazy or not a worker. He called me a city slicker. And just like you, you heard words and you can say, well, I did that. Yeah, I did that too. But the enemy, he's prowling around in our thoughts and in words. Oh, just looking, looking for the jump, Mm -hmm. looking for that. And it's so easy. Like, you know, your uncle probably didn't really think Mm -mm. twice about that. Like we probably say little comments like that all the time. Right. And it it just slips out Mm -hmm. because it's natural and, um, but not supernatural, but not natural. Yes, Yes. exactly. It's our flesh. Right. I remember I underlined, I don't have the book with me right now, but I underlined this part where Alex is talking about what her mom had spoken over her and, and said to her. And I wrote down in my notes, the mother has the power of life and death in the tongue, mm-hmm. Not, but not just the mother, everyone does. Yeah. And what you speak is literally life or death. I think that's why we say here that we're life-giving mm-hmm. because you have the opportunity to speak that life or to speak that death. Yeah. And those are conscious decisions that Mm -hmm. you have to make over and over again. Mm -hmm. It's not just, you know, yeah, I'm going to choose to be life-giving and then you never struggle with that again. Yeah. You'll be in the car and someone will cut you off, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) When I think about Paul and Silas, when I'm thinking about the power of life and death on our tongue, when Mm -hmm. I think about them in the jail cell at midnight singing Mm -hmm. and praising and think about how much power they're words had at that time because if if they would have just sat there grumpy or you know like like I probably would have mm-hmm, been right like I don't want to be here it's cold and probably stinky sick. and there's yeah. people yelling and shouting yes. but instead they chose to praise and worship and in those moments that the earth shook and their chains fell off right mm-hmm. so what are what are you speaking mm-hmm. over yourself and are you turning to God in praise and worship, or are you turning to him in complaint and sorrow and the things that you're swirling in? Yeah, so good. That's amazing. The problem with a label is that you stop seeking the rest of your identity and discover, and you don't discover who you truly are. Mm-hmm. So when someone says something over you, even if it's good, 
you're responsible. Then you never continue to seek the rest of your identity. Yeah. Then you put on that, okay, I'm the responsible one. I have to be responsible. I can't make a mistake, right? And then if you do make a mistake, hmm, well, now that goes against your identity, right? So you're having this little identity crisis every single time. And that builds and builds and builds to the point where you get, I feel like that's the midlife crisis. You've worn this identity for so long. And then you get to this point where all these little things have built up. You're like, well, who am I? I don't even know. <laughs> Is this who I'm supposed to be? And so, I mean, again, those labels, they, they creep in kind of secretly and we wear them almost like a, a garment. Mm -hmm. And I think Satan wants that. Like he wants to just keep those at the forefront of your mind and keep bringing it. You know, it's like whatever you think of, you'll see mm -hmm. also, mm -hmm. you're going to see that reflected in everything. Yeah. I, <laughs> this reminds me of a great little story. When I was in, oh gosh, I think middle school, my parents had bought me this sweatshirt and it was really cool because it was bedazzled on the back and it said hottie. And I was like, <laughs> yes, I am wearing it. Yeah. I wore it to school and the most popular boy in school came up to me behind me while I was standing at my locker and he goes, hottie, how about naughty? <gasps> Oh, I never gosh. wore anything with a word on it like that ever again in my mm. life. Mm. And it's still something that like, I mean, I'm sure he doesn't remember like, right. you know, <laughs> right. but, but that stuck with me as a part of my identity. So I'm constantly like, Ooh, like I shouldn't say that I'm beautiful mm. because it's not probably true. And if I say that I'm beautiful, mm. someone else will probably think I'm not. So I better say wow. that oh, actually, I don't like this about myself before someone else has a chance to say mm, it. That's so... But like, isn't that the enemy just like yeah. working? It planted a seed in me at such a young age and it's still 15, 20 years later, I'm still trying to unroot that. Right. Well, and I remember the time Aubrey would always dress herself. And I remember the time, because she went a long time without having somebody knock the twirly girl out of her or knock the hottie out of her because <laughs> yeah. she would, I mean, she would wear tutus, matches, mismatched with other things and boots and sparkles and pigtails. And she was like punky Brewster, if you even yeah. know what that is. <laughs> and it, she got to do it for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it was right before middle school. She wasn't still wearing tutus, but she was just her, all her. And man, she didn't just have one girl who was like going to take that out. She had a whole slew of girls wow. who were like, you're so weird. You're annoying. And so she, what she heard with annoying was how she looked was an annoyance to their eyes. How she talked and how she was fully her was an annoyance. And so I'm sure if, because there are women listening to this who have kids, like you're going, oh my gosh, how do I protect my kids? Right. Right. Because right. I, I just was like, I would never wanted Aubrey to lose that. And she had it for so long and she almost has a personality. She's still, there's times I'm like, she's an individual mm -hmm. and I thank God for it. But the enemy uses people with the spiritual force he has. And so if you're a mom, you're like, okay, how do I protect the first time that somebody says your hair's stringy mm -hmm. or you have a big forehead? Right. Like these are the things that will happen. Yeah. And, and I think how we counteract it and my friend, not my friend, my brother-in-law, Brian Russo, he says, and I, he heard this somewhere, I think, but he says it a lot. You counteract a spirit with the opposite spirit. Yeah. So as moms, as dads, as people, even like I feel it's my responsibility for those who work for me to speak life. It's mm -hmm. more than we're life giving. Like I have a mission and a duty yeah. that my kids, that I think my son is so handsome, but I tell him and I know he's just like, I know mom, but you of course, no, like you're truly a handsome boy. You have the greatest eyebrows. Those are things that seem silly, but it also seems silly that somebody said, you're a naughty, not a hottie. Mm -hmm. Right. We have to counteract that spirit with the opposite spirit, yes. which is yeah. why it's important. We tell our kids specifically all the time. And when I say specific, I really mean specific, mm -hmm. not like you're a good kid. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mommy loves you. And just like, I love you. I love you. Yeah. They know that. Tell them the things right. they don't know. Yeah. Like you have beautiful eyes. You have a beautiful smile because right now your kids are they get to an age where even their asset they think is not an asset. I like, we have to tell them. I like what you're, I feel like you're getting at is that our uniqueness isn't something that should be shamed, but it's the easiest thing to target, right? And that's kind of the thing that gets like kicked 
the snot out of us. Like mm-hmm. you're saying the the teenagers want to sit on the couch and cover up and scroll TikTok and like all look the same. And there is this pressure to conform. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's stronger than ever. Like even in adult women. Yes. <laughs> even in adult women. Yes. And why are we allowing this conformity when we know that we were we were uniquely designed. Mm. So I want to go, I was hoping it would get here, not earlier, but just as we're sitting here, I'm like, oh God, let us go there. And you guys know me, I have no filter. This was a risk. (laughs) This was a risk. Conformity. So yes, conformity to look like, be like, talk like, but also conformity to believe like. Yeah. And when we're countering a spirit with the opposite spirit, I hope I'm countering the evil spirits with a godly spirit. That's my goal. Yeah. Then, we also can't conform our beliefs, not just about ourselves, but our beliefs about the world, because that's where more confusion is led in. Yep. Now it's gone beyond my identity because of how I was raised and what my parents said to my identity because I have more coming into my eyes and my ears in the spirit of conformity, of tolerance, of don't step on toes. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like if we don't, as pastors, you guys are pastors. I'm a pastor, as women, as Jesus girls, if we don't and can't say what is right and wrong, mm. then then nobody's going to say it. Yeah. yeah, We've got to lead the way in it. Yeah, absolutely. And Jesus said that whatever is bound on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Literally was him saying, you have the authority. In your mouth. In your mouth mm-hmm. to speak what is up in heaven. Mm-hmm. And you, you, it's not your authority, it's my authority. Mm-hmm. And so when you feel like you are wavering that, who am I? But, but God, did you really choose me? Hold on to your Bible. Like, mm-hmm. just pick that up and be like, it's not my authority, it's this authority. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, kind of makes me want to, like, shake your Bible a little bit. <laughs> I literally bought a Bible that I could shake on the platform. I call it my my Bible shaker. Does it kind of wiggle? Yeah. yeah. Those are the best. Because if it's too big, it won't wiggle. Yeah. I'm like, it. this huge study Bible is not going to do the no, trick. it'll Steph. make my carpal tunnel yeah. hurt. <laughs> Fall right out of your hands. Maybe you don't have that problem. I know that, uh, so such a so sorry tangent. A lot of our ladies are, like, Bible collectors. Oh, yeah. I feel like maybe we feed into that a little bit. Yeah. But I do. I'm sorry. You know, here's the thing. If you only ever have one Bible, I think I learned this a little late because in my head it was the Bible. And so everything obviously in it would be true, but I had some study notes in there that may not that they're not true, but their opinion. Mm-hmm. Oh, a lot of them. I have some very bad Bibles. Right. <laughs> Let me just add that. <laughs> Let's just put it in there. Yeah, because there's some Bibles that are completely off base. Yeah, exactly. And you get that one word about something. And I believed incorrectly, I think, about some stuff that then I came to find out later. It's the same thing with what we're talking about. It yeah. like gets rooted in you and you believe something and you see everything through that filter, right? And that lens. And then you're like, wait, what? So, so random, but okay. What are some Bibles then that you trust or resources you have? You told me about the Jewish context one. I love that Bible so much. It's Mm -hmm. my favorite. Yeah. It's the Bible of Jewish context. Highly, highly recommend it. A Bible that I just got is the rainbow Bible. Um, and it's been spreading like wildfire throughout (laughs) this place. Watch out. Um, It's called the rainbow Bible because it's colorful. But it's called the rainbow Bible. Actually, your husband referred it to me. There Your you husband. <laughs> Am I supposed to say, oh, then it's okay. I'm yeah. a submissive yes. wife. So yes, it's okay. No, it's good. I it's actually, called the rainbow Bible. Yeah, so I is it like him, taking back the rainbow because no, actually no. God started it? No, no it has it's, nothing just, about that. it's just all highlighted in chunks of color. And then the color is categorized in different oh. things. It's really great. And then it, cool. it also cross-references a bunch of other verses that correlate with each verse. Mm. If that makes sense. So it's really good to be able to, f- it's a flip through Bible. Mm-hmm. I love it. Nice. And I know we've talked about the Bible Project. Pastor Sean talked Mm. about Bible Project a couple weeks ago. But here I am listening to a podcast. I've never listened to their podcast, but I was. And they had the scripture reference pop up on the screen as the podcast was going. Like, well, I'm behind the times, but it's okay. The (laughs) Filament Bible. Pastor gave us all that at one point, Uh, the Filament Bible. And then you read it, and then you could scan the little Mm -hmm. code on it and it takes you to that bible project video that's good and they are they are right they are correct like you can't say that about many people but yeah what i shouldn't i should say it's not that there's bad versions that are non-biblical if they're called the holy bible i'm just saying when it's a commentary bible um it'd be great to get advice from pastors who and leaders who really know because cross-reference yeah because you know the message or the king james or even the niv 
they're really far removed from the original language. So they tend to not have study Bible commentaries in those versions that mm-hmm. really are like, but in the Greek, in the Hebrew, in the blah, they tend to kind of feel more opinionated yeah. because the message is, is wrote like a novel to be opinionated. Yeah. And there's times I just think people need to read Bibles and look at at least three of the same verse in different versions because one, that just makes it really alive. Yeah. yeah. I had someone recently come to me and she'd been reading the Bible for a really short period of time and she just couldn't totally grasp or understand what was going on. So I told her to read a verse in your reg- in your Bible, yep. regular Bible. And then I gave her a message version. I was like, okay, and then read it in here mm. and then go back and forth. Mm-hmm. So she that's could good. try and grasp what's going mm-hmm. on. Yeah, that's really good. And I think that this is relevant because again, as you're reading through the scripture, scripture is something that you need to wear as your label. Mm-hmm. The word spoken over you needs to be your label. And so make sure you're understanding it correctly. Cause there were, there's scripture that I understood correctly for a while. And then you come to find out something different, right? Like, oh, they're not talking about a woman here. They're talking about wisdom. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wisdom is like, mm-hmm. blah, 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 mm-hmm. right. And so knowing that it, it helps you just be more and more rooted in what you can trust and what you can know and the authority that you have to stand on stuff. Something that I had written down here and Sunny, you were getting to this too, is that Satan uses the familiar, the familiar voice, the familiar pattern. He doesn't just kind of come at you out of the blue usually, right? Right. Well, that's why our parents' voice or even an uncle, yeah. that meant more and had more of an effect than kids at school. But fam- kids at school is familiar because you have to face them tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah, Satan will use those who we go to church with who we work with, those that we can just replay that. And then he wants us to feel awkward, right? Nobody's wanting us to feel awkward more than Satan. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the familiar voice. And of course, the more weight it carries, that's why, you know, the hotness right now, and it's, it's not hotness, but there's so many people have had church hurt. Absolutely true. It's happened, but that's kind of being blown up right now. And church hurts turned into church abuse and, but it's because, you know, there, there are real stories of people like I really respected them and they said this and, and it carried too much weight. Uh, when you were saying that the scripture, that's really where I, our identity is. I love the message pastor did, and I'm asking him to preach it mm. again in Toronto. Cause he preached it here in green Bay. Are you a saint or are you a sinner? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm a saint and my identity is a saint and I don't try to humble, I'm just a humble, I'm not a saint. No, he, you know, Paul wrote letters to the saints at a church yeah. because they believed in Jesus. And if I'm a saint, I don't do certain things. But if I'm a saint, I have this authority and I do walk in it. If I'm just a sinner or I'm just mm-hmm. a humble, you know, pitiful woman, mm-hmm. then I act like that. And then I get in this pit and then I'm like, I feel depressed. But you've been calling yourself a failure and a sinner and a letdown and a mistake. Yeah. So, so you, you walk out, like you said, you walk yep. out your label. Yep. Again. So do we need to relabel ourselves? Like, do we need to sit down today after listening to this podcast and go, I had to do this early on, you know, pre journey to wholeness, even here's a list of five things I've said about myself mm. that aren't good and they're not true. And yeah, I'm acting some of these out, but like, I don't have to be them cross them out. These are the five things I am. Wow. Maybe I'm not there yet, but I am and will be. And one of them was twirly girl. So, you know, we do Enneagrams and we do strength finders and we do these tests to find our personality. I, or their temperament is like phlegmatic, choleric, sanguine, melancholy. Mm-hmm. And I went from being a choleric, which is a boss lady, but in, in your weakness, we'll just run over people to a sanguine, which really deep inside I wanted to be, but I was like, I know I don't come off that way. This was 15 years ago. Now I'm a sanguine, a hundred percent sanguine. And the choleric is how I have to pull from to lead, but sanguine is not only who I am, but who I wanted to be since I was a little girl and wanted to be a twirly girl. So when I got my twirly girl back, I got my sanguine back. Mm-hmm. And and so sometimes you're, you're prophetically, you're speaking wow. into life, the thing and the place you want to be. You know, if you struggle to be a leader and to be assertive, do you write leader? Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, well, that's not on the list I currently am, but like, those are the five I'm going to work towards. Like I'm a saint. I'm not a sinner. Well, mm. I hope that in a year from now, I look and feel more like a saint than I feel like a saint right now. Yeah, That is so 
That's so powerful just to speak that over yourself. And I think you should write that down, write down what you feel like, you know, Hey, this is, these are the things that I'm hearing, but this is where I want to be. This is what God says about me. Truth that I don't even believe about myself Mm -hmm. nor see them, but I, but I need, I need these to be true. I need these to be true. And I don't think we need a life coach to tell us that. In fact, I think we need to quit going to life coaches. And I mean, I used to be one. I, sorry. (gasps) Just listen to podcasts. I'm just, yeah, they're free. (laughs) Um, But we need to go to the Bible. And I know yeah. that sounds cliche, but like, or go to a friend and say, yeah. you're more into the Bible than me. What are some words in the Bible that mm. you would say I could trade this for? Like I'm, I say over myself, I'm always anxious. Okay. What can, like, can I quit saying, Yep. you know, I struggle with anxiety, you know, I'm an anxious person, or I've always lived in fear. Like when we say that, or mm-hmm. I'm a worrier, why do we say that day in and day out? Yeah. Well, you know, I don't do good with words you start saying it and then you quit feeling like I'm not good with words. Cause you haven't said it about yourself in a couple of weeks. So you forget, Oh, yes. I'm not, not good with words. Right. Again, those labels make us stop pursuing our identity. So I wonder if God speaks some things over us that feel too big, that feel like we can't do them because he's trying to lead us back through who, what our identity really is, what he really created us to be. Steph, you shared something with probably all of us a while ago, but you felt like God was telling you to speak. Do you remember this? Mm. Last year. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What was like your first reaction speak when it. God said that to you? Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> you literally closed your mouth. And went, Mm-mm. Not doing it. Now, yeah, it was actually during the fast last year. Mm-hmm. So I had uh, this whole list of things that I wanted to fast for, and I felt like Holy Spirit so- told me, nope, you need to pray that God unbinds your tongue. Mm. And I was like, well, that sound doesn't sound very good. Uh, mm. I've, I've been uh, sweet and shy yeah, and timid mm. and meek, and my words haven't mattered. So why would you want me to speak? And so I did. I prayed that a lot during the fast. And then it's funny the way that God has just opened up doors and opportunities and places for me to speak, but not speak things that I have opinion about or things that I want to speak about. It's yeah. it's speaking his truth and speaking it to the ears that need to hear it. So yeah, that was really hard. And it still is really hard. I feel like this year, I feel like I'm being stretched even more. I feel like I haven't arrived <laughs> and I don't know yeah. that I will. Mm-hmm. I just feel like every little step I take, I, God is just stretching me like stretch Armstrong. Yeah. Mm. That's that's what I feel like at this point. The Incredibles lady. Yeah. And I have moments where I'm like, I can't do this. This is not who I am. This is not what you, what you designed me for. Mm. And then it'll be like the next day, another like, Hey Steph, you want to do a podcast? I'm like, no, (laughs) (laughs) no, I don't. Mm. But God says, yes, you do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I've been obedient to him and saying yes and walking into these opportunities with surrender. And I love that you said you, he said, I'm going to unbind your tongue. And you said, and so I have been speaking, but it's been the word, not my opinion. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we think we hear God tell us what our identity is, but maybe we don't weigh it against the word because you could have started an Instagram channel with something like you see all the other people your age, young with young kids and cute. And, and, and that's like, he gave you a voice, but he gave you a voice to preach the word, which meant you needed to go and research the word. That's why you've got all these Bibles. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we, we need to follow the thread of, he said, I want you to use your words, your voice and line it up with him and with scripture. Because I think there's a lot of people wasting their time right now Mm -hmm. saying a lot of words and they're, they will say, well, God told me to like speak up but they misplaced what mm. kind of words and where the, what the platform would be and what the subject matter would be. Yeah. And so the doors God's opened up girls retreat, young adults, youth speaking there. I mean, like it's been, you're right. It's been a lot. And he prepared you before and told you to do it. And you were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, <went> no! <laughs> and I mean, that's not uncommon. There's plenty of times in the Bible where God said, I have to, 
And it's our human nature. We like put our heels in the ground, right? Mm-hmm. We're like, I'm not going. Mm-hmm. And the surrender is honestly the most difficult. I could, I talk on hours on end sometimes with my friends about like, what is surrender? How do we surrender? How do mm. I surrender this will thing that I have mm. or this label that I've been wearing? How do I give this to you? Cause like I've held on to this for so long. Like, and we kind of talked about it in our first episode when your anxiety stops serving you because for a while, for a season, those labels may have kept you kind of like safe, right? Mm-hmm. Or like you needed it for something because you had built an identity around it. Like, well, and didn't it keep you in friendship circles oh, that you yeah. don't want to lose? Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there's a lot to lose. So, right. You're not just getting rid of a label. You're getting rid of a little ecosystem Mm -hmm. that you built. And I think they say men struggle with imposter syndrome Mm. just because they're men and testosterone and there's just this imposter syndrome and this provider complex. But I think us ladies, we struggle with imposter syndrome because if we were to just, it was weird, but it was nice because Sean and I separated and then we all lost it all. And then it was like, I had a restart. It was literally like, I could like push the stop button and like, okay, now let's push the record button, yeah. but we're going to start fresh and we erase the tape. Mm. So my restart, I was like, oh, I'm a different person, but man, if I wouldn't have had a big, and, and people shouldn't let it get to that point. <laughs> like you can have a, a metamorphosis. Mm. Is that what it's called? Yeah. And then, and that can happen over a short or a long time. And you look completely different. Right. That's okay. But but I think the enemy will speak in our ear and be like, you're just faking it. You're oh, yeah. not that. How could you change so quickly? It's like, why do we want to minimize God be, mm. to appease man? That's fear of man, not fear of God. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever you're in that um, that pattern, just speak out the word of God. Mm-hmm. I Like declare it. You know, declare it over yourself, declare it over your mind, over your thoughts. And I feel like there's power in that. Like you'll, you'll shift the space, like start to shift the space in your mind, in your home of what you're believing, of what you're allowing, of, of, you know, what your parents said that you were, of what your teacher said that you were and start to reject some of that and take on something, something new, Mm -hmm. something that was always meant for you. Mm -hmm. God's original design gave us these spiritual inheritances, according to the book, significance, authority, security, not insecurity, relationship, acceptance, and freedom. Hmm. There's a lot, there's a lot (laughs) Mm -hmm. in those, but Sunny, I feel like you were just talking about significance. And honestly, that's, that's one of the big ones is that we are not just randomly chosen. We're not nothing. We're heirs and we're daughters. And when we start to take on that, now that's going to start to create our identity. Mm -hmm. Stephanie, you go. With what? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's just a lot. Like that's like, she already said it. Like, is that from the book? Yeah. 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 The significance is like, <laughs> well, and, well, and end of that sentence yeah. that yes, you're an heir. So shut up and do it. <laughs> it feels a little like it, but I'll be honest. I struggle, I struggle with this and to know like, Hmm. Okay. I'm God's daughter, but what does that mean? So what should I do? Right. Well, and it's become cliche. Mm. So oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, you're a princess and daughter of the king. I'm sorry. I mock it. <laughs> and, and God, I'm going to get to heaven and God's going to go. Really? So I'm your, I'm the king, you're my daughter, you're a princess. Now you want to mock me? Like, yeah, yeah, because I, I don't know. It's my rebellion in me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's something in me, like, what does that look like? And I think it's because it's so frilly and maybe lofty that I'm like, like, what does that mean? Exactly what you're saying. And so I hear that like princess of the king. And I'm like, well, first of all, we don't live in a royal, we live in America, (laughs) In there's the nothing royal in the north. <laughs> like, there's no like, I bow ice before queen. you. Yeah, ice queen. Queen, you guys. We only connect with Elsa in I our I heard mind. that the richest guy in Wisconsin is the guy who owns Menards. And I don't, that was just kind of sad to me. <laughs> not going to lie. So, so kind Men- of. The Menards guy is royalty. So yes. we're like, I'm a daughter of the king. Yeah. I'm a daughter of the biggest <laughs> farmer in the cheese country. Like, right. like it's, it, and maybe that's a Northern woman thing. Like, yeah. cause I think in the South, I'm so glad we went there because I think in the South, like that's where we pastored a lot early on. And I heard it all the time. Mm. And I'm like, I'm like a roll up my sleeves, Northern woman, like what a man can do. I'll lift more, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'll go longer lifting these things. Like, like, so I'm a princess 
house of the king. Yeah. I didn't understand it. And we're not around royalty, but it's because of how I think we, we are, but it's, it is kind of lofty. And then you go, but I don't know how a princess acts. Mm. So I kind of just shut off. Like, I don't really know what that is. Yeah. Stephanie, help. I, I was actually having a conversation with my 10-year-old son the other day in the car. He was going to do some drawing. My husband's in the military, and the, the drawing was for American-themed whatever, patriotic. And he was like, okay, well, I'm going to draw, you know, this, this, and this, but it's going to be judged by a veteran and they're going to know that my dad is a veteran. And so I don't want them to know that because I don't want to get special privilege. Mm. And as mm. I'm telling him, I'm like, no, bud, like you have been through deployments with your dad. You, you deal with your dad being gone sometimes. Like you, you get that privilege. That's yours. Like mm. you don't have to, you don't have to dampen what, what you've been given mm. because you think it's going to give you some special upper hand. Wow. Like, and that's us. Right. Like we get the upper hand yeah. just because we're God's daughters. Mm -hmm. That's so good. And so we need to walk boldly in mm -hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's so good. That is so, so good. So for the first time in my mind, and you're about to cry, Megan, yeah. is, <laughs> um, you know, Esther, she was from Jewish background and went before a king and her beauty made way for her, but went before a king that was not open to Jewish people. Like he, he was a part of capturing and keeping mm -hmm. them exiled. And she went before the king and she wasn't a princess, but in that royal way, she had favor. And maybe it's, rather than how do you wrap your mind around princess of the king? Is it, I have a favor on my life. Yeah. If I just could see the favor. And then, like I said, that list, could I just write down the things that, that are the favor in my life? Like mm. we have a thing in our family. We say, well, we haven't said it recently because it's been a hard few years, but we need to get back to it. God loves him some Hennessy's. Mm. And we got that from uncle Alan, Sean's best friend who he just, I mean, things would happen in our life yep. and connections and just things. And he'd be like, my gosh, God loves him some Hennessy's. Mm. And we would tell our kids that like something will happen with Aubrey. We're like, God loves him some Aubrey yeah. or answer her prayer. God loves some him some Aubrey. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's what I have to contextualize favor. Mm -hmm. I have a favor on my that's life really because good. I'm the King's. That's really good. And are you praying knowing that you have favor? Are you living knowing that you have favor? Or is it still the, I'm worthless, I'm nothing, I'm I'm dirty, right? And like those things are, and I know Pastor Sean talked about this, those things are, oh, it's almost offensive to God, what, what you're saying. When, mm -hmm. you, when you speak that over yourself or allow that to be spoken over yourself. So now once you know the truth, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> now you're in this position where when you hear that stuff, it's no, no, I am not. And no, I will not like entertain that. I will not allow it. And I think this is where we get the scripture of you need to like bind that thought and cast it out. Mm. And I literally have the image in my head where like I have, I did not grow up on a ranch, but I imagine myself with like a lasso grip around farms. I feel like they probably throw some ropes over cows, they might right? Throw some ropes, <laughs> throw some ropes over cows. <laughs> I did grow up right next to a cow farm. Okay. So, so you, you don't know. have the language, but you have the vision. Yes. So I have go. the vision, but you know, they throw the rope. I just imagine it gets thrown around the thought and literally just like tightened to the point where it like pops it like a balloon, mm. right? Where like, it's Sucks just out gone. The air. Yeah. yeah. Like it has no place here mm -hmm. and let that, let that thing just just leave before it has a chance to like put in a, a root. Yes. But thinking about being a daughter as, as walking with favor and what do daughters do? A good daughter is going to listen and obey her parents. Mm -hmm. Right. And a good daughter knows that it would hurt their mom mm -hmm. if, or dad, if we were to say, if a daughter were to say, I hate my nose, but she has your nose. I hate, I hate how my voice sounds. I hate my name. And, you know, when you become a parent, you get the benefit of feeling a bit more like, I wonder if this is how God feels. Wow. Yeah. Like when our kids would open up Christmas gifts and, you know, they were at that weird young age where they didn't have social awareness and self-awareness and, and they're like, look around for the next one, next, yeah. next. And <laughs> you're like, like no. I don't want to get you anything else. Yeah. But as a parent, you're like, yes. is that how God feels? Like he just gave me what I asked for, or he gave me favor, or he gave me a solid mind. And I'm saying, I just... I've always, I'm just always going to struggle in, with my mind and we just speak it or we hate something about ourselves. Mm. If my kids said they hated something about themselves, I would take 
personal responsibility. Yeah. And I think God does that. Mm -hmm. So, and that's back to fear of God. Mm -hmm. Like I fear him, not because I'm scared, because when I say it, I don't make him want to cause vengeance on me. I fear God and I love him in such a reverence that I don't want to hurt his heart. Yeah. Like he made me to be a leader. Like he made me to have a voice. He made you to have a voice. He made you to have a voice. So to, to stifle it is like to look at your dad and go, eh, I don't like it. Mm. Leave me alone. Like mm-hmm. we would never want to do that to God, but we do that. Yeah. 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 So good. I heard, I don't know where I heard this, this classic me. I'm like, I heard it. I don't know where. God's personality is so big that even billions of people, he had to like split his personality among billions of people. We're not all the same. Honestly, maybe this is from the book, to be honest. I feel like, (laughs) you know, we're not the same. We're we're snowflakes. You are unique Mm. and you hold part of God's personality, literally. But what steals us from being okay with our uniqueness is we go, yeah, but look at her. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm so sick Ugh. of looking at perfect everything. Yeah. yeah. I look at perfect pictures of perfect living rooms and I'm like, Ugh, right. because I'm working on making a perfect living room. And so it, it like for you to say that, like you're unique. I think there's people listening and, and it's not like it just sounds good. That is truth. Yes. But they go, yeah, well you didn't get the unique part I got. Mm. You're not uniquely me and you, sh- me in comparison to everybody else. again, Uh, but how do we, so what constitutes success? There are some people with a hundred thousand followers that are miserable Mm -hmm. and maybe more miserable than me with a hundred followers because they've reached the, the pinnacle of what they thought would make them happy. And they feel just as miserable, lost and alone. And it's a reality check. I heard this recently, um, like you, I don't know from where. Uh, (laughs) It's all the time. I think it might've been a podcast and it was a guy who had written like 10 songs by the time he was 26 and his goal was to write 10 songs ever. Wow. And it all went big. Wow. And he reached the pinnacle of his goal by 26 and he had always struggled with depression. And he said, you know, though, you never know true depression until you reach your goal. Mm. I was like, (gasps) wow. That's, I, I need to think about that for a while mm-hmm. because that's the truth. And so what are you striving for? Oh man, didn't we just talk about this? Yeah. Where are you placing your, your hope, mm-hmm. your end? Mm-hmm. Mm. Cause you get there. And, and then, I mean, we don't know a lot of famous people, but I know people like, of course people know, we know people in the NFL. Yep. That's the pinnacle NFL Super Bowl champions, yeah. like got the ring, like what more can you do? Mm. And they maybe did that by the time they're 24 or 28. That's when you know, okay, I still have a hole in my heart. But when I got, so it's almost better, like if you haven't reached your goal and you haven't become the identity you thought you wanted to be, because at least you still have something you're striving and reaching for. So if we think it's going to be, our identity is finally going to be what we want it to be when we reach our goals. This is not a goals thing. Identity is not a success ladder. Mm -hmm. Identity is like joy. It's just in there Mm. when you could live on an island and nobody knows you except the few people important to you. That's good identity. What does the great Pastor Sonny say about comparison? (laughs) <laughs> you better know this stuff. Harrison is the great crippler. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's the crippler. When you compare yourself, you just you take yourself down and you take that person down. Mm-hmm. And now, what are you left with? It's kind of sometimes what you're, saying. you're just like I don't even I can't even look at my phone anymore because I, I compared to the point of crippling and crippling to the point I don't want to get up and take a shower. I mean, right. like comparison can literally take you that dark. Yeah. yeah. I think you mentioned like the living rooms, right? And there's a show on Netflix. I love Studio McGee. I love shopping on their website. I don't really buy anything, but like I love to look and get inspiration. They had a show on Netflix that honestly, I just couldn't even really watch because I was like, you know, I don't think this is like doing anything for me. Instead, it feels more like a comparison game to Mm. me right now. And I don't, I don't need that. And I don't, I didn't feel like I was becoming any better of a Jesus person. I certainly wasn't becoming any more grateful for what I have. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, it was something where for me, God was just like, you don't need to do that. Why no. are you doing that to yourself? And you could spiral and say, well, wow, how petty am I? I can't even, okay, let exactly. me just be honest. 
because I haven't been the whole time. <laughs> Let me be more honest. I don't follow Magnolia. I don't follow Joanne yeah. Gaines because I have to outsmart myself. Mm. I'm flesh and blood and I need to outsmart myself because I will compare and I will be like, well, we, I mean, we literally just did a bedroom exactly like something she posted. I thought it was our real. Not because she's not because she's this. copying us, but yeah. because it could look I mean, we didn't see hers. She obviously didn't see us. And I thought, oh, Abby in, in North Carolina on the reserve did a reel of yeah. our, a green wow, over crazy. a cedar. I saw that. Yeah. I and I thought it was us. Yep. And so that's cool. Love yes. that. That's just, I, I think I saw it on Facebook. I was like, that was cool. But here's the thing. I could look at that and go, well, mm. I'm going to strive now to do a better room than she did. But chances are she probably will out design or have a bigger budget. I don't 100%. watch Magnolia stuff. I don't, I don't watch Sean's into HGTV. I don't because it makes me, and I've outsmarted myself. I don't want to be jealous. Don't want to be envious. So why would I put myself in that temptation? Yep. If jealousy is a temptation, don't put myself in front of tempt mm -hmm. that temptation. Just like if sex were a temptation or pornography, don't put that temptation in front of your eyes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there's anything wrong. I think that's a nice practical step to say, unfollow some people that make you feel small, not because it's their 100%. fault. 100%. Outsmart yourself. And I only follow a few people now because there were too many good abs out there of people my age. There were too many thick heads of hair and it was their own hair of people my age. Yeah. There were too many kids. Like mm -hmm. they had five. I could only handle two mm -hmm. and they all dressed alike. And my kids, like they did wear sometimes Crocs back when they were in style then, like yeah. they weren't cute little outfits. And I'm like, Oh, I just wasn't the mom. And I'm like, unfollow on yeah. those people don't know yeah. they're, right. they're famous. Yeah. So yes, it's, it's outsmarting yourself at times too. Yeah. I want to talk about comparison in a different way okay. though. So what if my identity is anxiety? So we talked about that a little bit before that I say I'm anxious all the time. So what if that's me? And then I have somebody in my life who's more anxious than me or who's mm. more depressed than me. You have to like level up, right? Or it's like a, like you're a thinking, do I have to prove that I'm hurting too? Or are you like, I better say, I better compare my situation and just say, I just don't have any struggle. No, struggle. no I, I feel like we're in this era where a younger crowd is like, well, I'm anxious. Well, I'm anxious too, mm. but my anxiety has driven me to do X, Y, and mm. Z. So how do we, how do we back out of that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think <laughs> this sounds like a really spiritual answer, like mm -hmm. princess of the king. God, forgive me. Fear of man and fear of man. Another word for it is also impressing humans. Yeah. And another way to look at it is exactly what you said. Comparison. Like we're so concerned about other people. And as Barry would say, don't ask the opinion or consider, no, don't consider the opinions of people you wouldn't call for their advice. Mm -hmm. And I think of that often. Why am I comparing to people who I'd never give them a voice in anything important, but I, I watch what they do and I want to outdo it or I want to explain mine or I want to impress. I think it, that's also probably we need to figure out who around us is most important. Mm -hmm. And some of us don't have that in our mind. We don't really mm. have zeroed in who's most important. Well, if you're married, you know, that mm. should be, but maybe they're not even like, they're saying great things to you and you'd rather listen to the reels on Instagram than what your spouse is saying. But maybe your spouse isn't an edifier and helping you out. So who have you brought people into your circle who speak life or have we identified people? We're talking about identity. Do we also need to identify yeah. people that, um, we love and we care about their opinion because they're Jesus people. That's good. I think advice has become very blanketed, mm -hmm. kind of like what you're saying. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if you're, let's say you're struggling with anxiety and you're watching a lot of reels or TikToks or looking up articles, like they treat it like it's one size fits all. Mm -hmm. And like, this is the solution. And, or maybe there's no solution or, you know, and it just kind of feels like a black hole, right? Mm -hmm. Pastor Sunny, your sister said something a couple of years ago that is stuck in my mind season. She said advice that does not ultimately, and the end goal isn't Jesus is just not advice at all. Mm -hmm. So if advice isn't leading you and always pointing you back to Jesus, like first, 
then that really isn't something you should be listening to anyway, Mm -hmm. because good advice will point you first to Jesus. Gosh, how many YouTubes could we just check off the list we don't need to watch? Exactly. Like how many things could we unfollow? Because that's our filter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And again, it's just part of our generation kind of Mm -hmm. right now. And I think that's something that we're battling with and still trying to figure out how, hmm, okay, so how can I still be a good Jesus person? How can I be an edifier, but not just be one size fits all on blanket social media kind of a person? Like I, I do think that it takes us having some courage going outside of our walls, side of our home, making relationships, or just maybe there's some that have been on your heart where you're like, yeah, that friend just keeps coming up to my mind over and over and over again. You finally reach out and text and they're like, oh my gosh. I can't believe you just texted me. Yeah, mm-hmm. newsflash, that's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Newsflash, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I walked up to someone in our church yesterday at the coffee house. She works behind, and I'm just, and she just, everything she said was like salve, like a balm. Mm. And and I just thought, I love that girl. And I suggested her name to a few people on our staff last night. Like, does she connect? Do you connect? Like, there's just some people that, so if, if we counter bad spirits with a different spirit, the opposite spirit, a good spirit, why don't we go find people with like spirits yeah. and see that they don't boost the identity God has for us? Yeah, it's good. So good. So all of this kind of leads us to the good part of our show, which is that you can overcome the voices in your head by battling the lies and believing what God says about you because God has sealed you, anointed you, set you apart and given you his spirit. So there is more for you, like whatever you're feeling or living in, whatever labels you felt like are over you or sing you or clothing you, like those, those don't need to be your identity. And you have the power, you have the power to choose, right? You can choose to not say, yep, I'm a city slicker for the rest of my life because this is what somebody said about me. You get to, you get to pick. Mm -hmm. And will you listen to the voice of life? Will you listen to the voice of Jesus who wants to come, who wants to heal you and restore you? Or are you going to continue to live under those labels? So again, this book, Taylor Made, I think it's going to be really, really good. I'm excited for the next couple episodes. Me too. Yeah. Awesome. Anything else, ladies? No. Okay. This was fun. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our show. We we love getting to spend time with you ladies and just kind of share like what's on our heart and what we're feeling. Like God is, you know, maybe saying that you're struggling with too. So we hope that you'll listen again next week. Bye. See ya.